name's Sid Garza Hillman, and this is what I think. This is one of my most exciting times of year, and not Valentine's Day, by the way. I'll more on that in a second. Um, there's a certain time of year, I don't know if it's the exact same time of year, where a, a study comes out about coffee, and it says either coffee's good for you, coffee's bad for you, coffee's good for you, coffee's bad for you, coffee's good for you, coffee's bad for you. It's like biannual, maybe one or two times a year. Coffee's good for you, coffee's bad for you. They can't figure it out. And then when you really read the article and or study, it's like coffees can't, you know, some correlation with lower risk of heart disease, but don't drink too much. Don't drink too much. And then my always question is like, okay, but what were those people eating? What were their stress levels? Like maybe they, maybe some people can handle coffee better like me. Yes, that, you, that's right. You heard it there first. Maybe I can't. Maybe I'm going to have a heart attack and I'm going to throw that study all up in the air. They'll be like, damn it. That guy had a heart attack. And here you love the coffee more than anybody. So maybe coffee's not good for you. Let's put that one out later in the year. And we'll just keep people confused. Mm. On that note, Ethiopian organic. All I'm saying is mi- minimize it. Okay? Minimize it. Because it's not just about heart attacks. Okay? It's also about gut health. And it's also about stress in general. And it's, all, you know, so just and digestion. Can you just, can we just admit that taking a bean that has a drug in it and burning the shit out of it and then running hot water through it while tastes like, like an angel, uh, it may not be the best thing ever. So let's just kind of do it like we enjoy it and then not overdo it. Okay? Study complete until the next study. I was a guest on a podcast recently. I've got my book coming out in April 13th. You guys know uh, six truths live by these truths and be happy. Don't, and you won't. So I'm doing a little promotion for that. So I'm going to be on some podcasts coming up um, in the next couple months. But anyways, this one was a good one. Uh, It's called the empower humans podcast guy named Phil Rousen, Rousen, Rousen. Anyways, he, um, Good questions. We went into a weird direction and I thought it would be interesting for you guys to hear. I'll link to it in the show notes. But anyways, he asked me about a lot about ultra. He started asking me about ultra running just because I'm a race director. And so he sort of was going to, I felt like he was going to gloss over it, but then he, he really started to get in. He really liked, he's not an ultra runner, but he really seemed interested in it as a metaphor of life, man. Uh, A little bit like that. Kind of interesting. It was kind of cool because you know, I'm an ultra runner, but I'm not. See, that's the thing. I'm really not. I'm an ultra runner, but I'm really not an ultra runner. I mean, anybody who knows me is like, you're not an ultra runner. I'd be like, I ran one. You did not. That's how most people would say. You did. Sid, you did not run an ultra marathon. I've run multiples. No, you have not. Okay, so let's talk about Valentine's Day for one second. That was yesterday. I'm not a big Valentine's Day fan. There's no judgment here. For me, there's judgment. I don't like it. But for you, I don't care. Uh, But anyways... um, it it, re- it makes me always think of my most of the time my mott thing that people seem to dig and it 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 it's uh, a th- attention release more on that later on in this episode. Um, but Valentine's Day is a perfect idea, a perfect like f- f- kind of idea of the mott thing. In other words, if most of the time you have a good relationship, there's your mott. Most of the time you have a good relationship, you argue once in a while because you're freaking human. But but most of the time, then you're good. Likewise, if you have a crappy relationship where you're arguing all the time, you don't communicate, but then one day a year, you give your lady uh, flowers and chocolates on Valentine's Day, two things. One, 
your relationship probably isn't that good. And two, it's 1956. Because why are you giving flowers and chocolates as if that's just weird and you need to come back to the present? Okay. Those are two things that happen if you presented your spouse partner with a heart-shaped box of chocolates for the love of all that's holy. Again, no judgment. Mm. Thanks to everybody who Patreons me. Listen, uh, two more weeks uh, or so left of the promotion. Patreon, 10 bucks or more per month. Back of my home roasted Ethiopian organic and other stuff, nutty nut nut shirt, etc. I finally figured it out. Uh, and this is this is something that I really was oftentimes I'll ask. I'll be like, why is what is it about our psychology as human beings? Most people, by the way, overwhelmingly most people. No pun intended, because I'm talking about overwhelm here. What is it about most people that we? It, we play that game, at least people who sort of follow my approach or live can, can kind of pull this off this way, but we go, look, um, I want to declutter my house, but good Lord, I walk in my house and it's like this gargantuan thing and we just kind of like, it's like, it's like oh, oh, just too much to look at. But if we go, you know, I'll just, I'll take two things out uh, a day. I'll take two things out. I'll just take two things out a day. That works. And we, <clears throat> we know that it's getting, it's like two parts of our psychology. Like we know it's going to get us to the thing that we really want, which is to declutter the whole house, but we won't even start unless we just play that game with ourselves and go, okay, I'm just going to, I want to journal. So I'm just, gonna, you know what? I'm just going to do one. I'll end up doing 20 minutes. I know that. But if I think about doing 20 minutes, it's overwhelming. But if I just go, you know what? I'm just going to open the thing and I'm just going to do one minute. And that gets us doing it. And it's, you know, I spend a little time thinking about it because it, it is interesting to me. It's not super relevant to me as a practitioner in the work that I do because it's sort of like, okay, if that's the way that it is, okay, let's crack this nut and let's do this thing. I don't need, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not trying to like, why is that? But it's, it's pure curiosity. It doesn't necessarily feed into my work, but a little bit, I would say. And here's what I think. I think that it is, we are a, uh, the baseline stress of our lives is too high. And it doesn't mean that we're walking around going, oh my God, I'm so stressed. Like that's kind of even more. But I think we don't understand and appreciate um, that the baseline level of our stress, just the in the modern world, just the day to day. And it's not necessarily stuff that is overtly stressing us out, you know, like a bad day at work or something. It's just the baseline that it's kind of, it goes under the radar a little bit. Just like the food we eat, even if we eat a good diet, it's not as natural as it would be. We're not moving our bodies in a natural way. You know, throughout the day, we're, you know, partitioning it. And then we're kind of sitting on our butts most of the time, you know, things like that. We're not outside in the sun. Just the baseline level is higher than it would be in in nature. And then nature would have the spikes, like we have the spikes, but our spikes are on top of a baseline level of stress that is higher. And I think that it is, again, it's not a thing that we walk around going, I'm so stressed out all the time. Sometimes we do, but I think most people just, even people who go, yeah, I'm fine. It's like, there's a level of stress on the body and mind living in a, in a crazy world that can be amazingly wonderful. But I think that it is just a level of unnaturalness that is now a word that is that is a higher existence of just a higher baseline of stress i'll say it again which means that we are highly triggered to overwhelm that's that's my conclusion and that's kind of what i finally figured out i was like we are just ready to, we are 
like a powder keg of overwhelm. Like it doesn't take much to overwhelm us. People who are holding on tight and have a good, like they can kind of, they're like it, me included, like just, I can, you know, people who can kind of get by, we're, we're working, we're doing our things. But clearly when we're knocked out of that in some way, or there's something we want to do in our lives that we think would improve our lives, we are highly sensitive to overwhelm. It is, it doesn't take much. That's all I'm saying. It doesn't take much. And by the way, it's why I have a job, you know, cause it's like, that's my whole thing is like a vo- teaching people how to avoid overwhelm and working on that in myself. How do you, it's so hard because there is a baseline level. I think that understanding that baseline level helps us be aware of, of that. It helps us make moves to avoid the overwhelm. But it's just interesting to me that I think it's like, I think I expected like this high level of stress to be something that is palpable each day. And I think we just get used to it. We're just used to being at a higher level of stress. And that's just what we do. And we wouldn't, if somebody goes, are you stressed out right now? I'd be like, no, I'm, I'm fine. But I think our fine relative to our natural existence in the wild is higher. I just think it's a, it's a higher level of stress. That's not, that's my conclusion on that. Okay. Mm. And like most things I could, and probably am wrong. That's all I'm saying. I just think in my experience, I don't think I'm wrong about this. I really don't. Because in my experience of working with lots and lots of people and talking to even more is, is that it overwhelm is the thing. Like people want to be healthy, but they don't want to be overwhelmed by health. They want to eat better, but they don't want to be overwhelmed by food. They want to exercise, but they don't want to be overwhelmed by exercise. There's, we, we are highly triggered to it. And look, would it be nice if, um, if uh, you know, we didn't, weren't prone to overwhelm and can make sweeping changes? Would it be nice if we could be like, look, I want to declutter my home. I'll see you in eight hours and just shut it off and freaking declutter the whole house and be done with it. That'd be amazing. I want to eat better. Okay, so hold on a second. And just an hour and a half later, the kitchen is cleaned out. Everything's gone. New food's in there. And you're just there. Done. No problem. You're fine. No problem. That'd be great. That'd be great. It's just not who we are in this world. It's not who we are in this world that we're living in. We're just, we're just not that way. We need to play a little bit of a game with ourselves to say, look, I want this and I want it bad, but I don't want to, if I get overwhelmed by it, it ain't going to happen for me. And let's be adult about this and admit it. And on that note, opposite day is the title of this uh, episode because it's, it, I, I think a lot about stress and I think a lot about, I'm the baseline stress guy. I'm trying to help people decre- decrease the baseline stress. That's, that's my day. I'm the boring day-to-day guy, okay? And the idea of opposite day is this idea that uh, of comfort and we're so damn comfortable that that part of me as a coach and just as a person thinks we should dive in on, and this is going to be sweeping, statement dive in on most things about which we think oh good lord i would never do that or oh my i so do not want to do that it's like if we notice those things some of those things that we go ain't doing that I, that sounds miserable we it might behoove us to do the opposite of that hence opposite day and of course i think about this in terms of my cold showers because i kind of dread them every day <laughs> every day that i get in them and yet i do the opposite of the dread and it's i think that that Here's my my thing. Again, I think we're holding on very tight to a data to keep it together. We're holding on tight to keep it together. And that tension results in a just sort of a, a, a day-to-day existence of holding on too tight. And, and to release that tension, 
we we could go one way, which is the drugs, but we could also go another way, which is to do something that is popping us out of it by even adding a short term, mind you, and quick, a little knock of stress, just to knock us on our asses a little bit, to break that tension out, bring in some awareness. Because the thing about a cold shower is, and I'm not selling a cold shower here, okay? I, I love it, but I don't love it. You know what I mean? But you, whatever, whatever it is for you. But you can't really wander in a cold shower physically of course but you can't wander mentally like you're there the you're faced with something that is shocking but if you do it the way that i've talked about in wim hof only you won't be shocked you don't you're not like <gasps> but your your existence is shocked there's a there's a presence a forced presence there kind of what the way that you know you can go out on a trail exercise wise or something but but a, sh- a shock of uh, that releases that tension and that's the hormetic stress I've talked about. It's it's hormetic stress is short bursts of stress that 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 trigger adaptations and strengthening in the body. And that's what this is. And and so the thing about that is that's all great, but it's often the opposite of what you feel most like doing. Most people who've asked me about cold therapy and cold shower, they go, Oh god, I hate the cold. They say that as if they think they're the only ones who hate the cold. You know who else does? I hate the cold and always hated the cold. When I started doing cold showers, my wife thought I was nuts because I, which I am, but I, because I, I'm like, I was always cold. My hands were always cold. I was like my, I, she would always joke. You always go, you, she goes, you always say your extremities are cold. I go, yeah, no hands and feet cold, right? Hated the cold. And so it, in a way it was like, not for like masochism, like to cause myself pain, but it was like, well, why is that? Why? What, what if, what if I get a little bit of discomfort? Like, am I going to survive? And, and not only do you survive, but you actually, again, you strengthen as a result of that. Doing the opposite of what you're used to. Diving in on something. Um, this is a, it's a shock to the normal, to the hold. It, it releases that tension, the holding on so much day to day that we don't even be aware of like that's the habit of us we we're kind of holding on too tight but we're not really aware that we're holding on too tight and these little moments kind of pop us out of that they go hold oh, oh, wow well, they kind of shock this little electro shock but in a good in a good way not in like a 1950s insane asylum way but you know what i mean it's just kind of a kick there's a a really interesting concept called, um, not concept, but it's a it's a measurement called heart rate variability. I learned a lot about this when I was doing in the breathing instruction coach. And heart rate variability is actually a good thing. Higher the better. And it's it's essentially, to explain it very carefully and simply, hopefully, is that the heart rate variability is the distance of time between beats. And it's supposed to be variable. It's not supposed to be regular. And it's a really good metaphor of like, our day-to-day is regular. It's like boom, boom, boom. Our breathing is kind of tension. It's not very deep. And when you loosen your breath up and you take a slow inhale, your heart rate speeds up a little bit. And when you do a slow exhale, your heart rate slows down. And there's a variability between the beats. And the higher that is, the less stress that you're in, essentially. And I think that that's, again, yet another indication of when we are holding on too tight and creating a oftentimes artificial, normal, very controlled, and I'm all about taking control of your life, but not in a holding on too tight way, right? Just in the terms of the decisions you make and being more of a person of choice in most moments rather than a reactive person, but a a person of action. And, And with that, that person of action, you will do things that are sometimes the opposite of what you want to do. And in doing so, you break up that kind of static, artificial, asphalt-covered, nice, neat package, 
and knock yourself on the ass a little bit on occasion. That's all. That's all I'm arguing for. Opposite day. Sometimes do the thing that you don't want to do. The thing that you can't imagine doing, but don't do it so much that it tanks you. But if you pop into it and test the waters a little bit, it go a really long way. And with that, I will finish this episode with a quote by Eleanor Roosevelt for you to think about until this next episode. Okay? I don't know when that's going to be. Eleanor Roosevelt, she said this, do one thing every day that scares you. I sent you Sent you away. I sent you away. Here is my apology. Here is my discontent. Here's my admission of Here 
wise man, state of grace. Here is man fall from you. Here is man admission of fall.